Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Why don't we eat? Dear, don't call the boss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes. 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 Anyone fancy a pint? Suit you, sir. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. Tap, 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 tap. Yes, it is. We thought we'd come in a little bit early because uh, got a big show for you. Second last of the year. Very good afternoon to you all. My name is Cam Smith. Across from you, I have... I'm uh, Matt Stedman. <gasps> How are you all? You are. You're looking well, Cam. You're looking well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're both looking well. We're feeling well. <laughs> We've both eaten our oats. So uh, we're ready to give you some good food radio. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the brains in the house. Yes. I'm pointing. You can't really. It's not really effective in radio, is it? No. Hey, point to there, over there. And um, isn't it interesting? There we go. Uh, Dr. Shane was in his back home in Studio One. Yes. That doesn't mean much to you listening, but uh, we have three studios here: Studio One, Two, and Three. They further you get away, the less light you have. Yes. So we walked in here. We said, "Oh, it's really dark." Yeah, we're not uh. used to it. But anyway, that's it. So here we are, Studio Two. At 3 Triple RFM, broadcasting from beautiful downtown East Brunswick. Mm-hmm. Got a good show for you today. Yes. We're going to be talking to Richard Cornish about slow food. Uh, it's back. Yeah. Or maybe it hasn't gone away. Uh. I'm not sure, but we'll find out. There's yes. been some slow food awards which have been awarded to very, very worthy recipients in mm-hmm. um, in the matter of producing food and doing it with a great ethos, and we'll talk to Richard about those. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might talk to him about... He does a lot of ham surveys about this time of year, doesn't he? Ham surveys. Well, yeah, no, he does the great ham off. Oh, yes, yes, yes and writes about it in yeah. various press outlets. Ham off? Yeah. Yeah, the ham off. Uh, yeah. It'd be challenging because if you want to taste, you know, do a taste test of a lot of ham, it's very hard to buy a small piece of ham. No. You've got to kind of buy the whole leg. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and if you need to taste six or seven of them. It's an expensive undertaking. It's a lot of ham. Done, you know, it's it's serious stuff. Mm. Anyway, we'll talk to him about that. We've got the last market report of the year. Yes. Uh, not from John's home, which we no. did do a couple of weeks ago, which was extraordinary. So many people came up to me and went, oh, my God. And you were even invited back. I don't know about that. So, oh, I thought you anyway. You clearly made a good impression. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe one day in the next twenty-five years. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, twenty-eighth of November. If you want to listen back to that, but we've got market report, mm-hmm. and he'll talk about when the market is open for Christmas, amongst mm-hmm. other things. We do a couple of recipe. He was shaking sticks of asparagus at me as he's wont oh, to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. yes. Uh, and then, boy, do we have a treat for you? Yes. Um, do you dream of uh, wandering around the streets of Bangkok and having 
an amazing meal for, oh, I don't know, the equivalent of about maybe four or five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got someone who's been on the street, on the level, mm-hmm. searching high, searching low for the very, very best street food. Oh. This man's name, he sounds like an enigma. Mm-hmm. Zenon Mishko, secret agent. <laughs> well, actually, uh, street food um, seeker, the seeker. Of street food. Have you been to Bangkok? I have not. I have not either. I must go, though, because um, there's been a few um, foodie mates, uh, Michael Harden, Danny Vallant, who have gone and been in the warm embrace of Zenon Mishko, uh, and he's taken them around. Uh, Zenon, by the way, was also the creative director of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, so he knows a lot about food, and uh, we're going to talk to him. Uh, God willing, I'm just crossing my fingers. Oh, yeah, we've got the technology working before the show. Hopefully we it'll do. remain that way. I we think do. a lot of people are sort of maybe looking at Asia as yes. an option, like a more affordable option to get well, out of the country. Here. Well, and even like yeah. you know, if you, all the traditional places to visit, like America and Europe and UK. It's Forget about it. Insanely expensive. Yeah. Um, not so, some parts of Asia. Some parts, because you just came back from Singapore. You Insanely said, Where you said, <laughs> where you amazed me and said, I don't make enough money to live in Singapore. And I went, wow. Oh, well. Yeah. Cross that one off the list then. Home of the $150,000 Toyota Camry. Yeah. <laughs> ah, uh, there was one thing that you wanted to make oh, mention I of. I was just going to, uh, last week we were talking to you from um, from a different uh, studio. I was based in Sydney oh, uh, yeah, for last right. week's show. And I just mentioned. Oh, and I was going, oh, you lucky duck, you're about to join the very, very, the hoi polloi. <laughs> very much so. Woolamaloo. Uh, I was, uh, and you were going to Otto. I was visiting a place called Otto, which probably, you know, it's, it's like a, a, a very, famous is the wrong way to put it, anyway, a very well-known Italian restaurant in a very uh, uptown and ritzy area of Sydney, which is mm. Finger Wharf in Woolamaloo. Oh, my God. Um, and so we went. And yes, and the, so. the food was, was excellent. I had probably the best beef carpaccio of my life. Amazing looking. Yeah. Amazing looking. Yeah. Uh, however. Yeah, but wait for it. The main. Mm. So I thought this was one of the specials. And I thought I'll give it a try because it's a special and I'm I trust them. what it was. What was it? So. Bucatini pasta. Oh, the bloody... And I, and, I, and I questioned that. You did. I went, ooh. Well, so the key, continue. Bucatini so, with... Bucatini, obviously, is the sort of the fat spaghetti with a hole through it. So it's, it's quite a... It's, it's quite a, a meaty... It's, yeah. a, it's a substantial pasta. Yeah. Sized. So Bucatini arrabbiata. Yeah. Okay, which yeah. is like a spicy tomato sauce. But then... Arrabbiata means angry. Yes. You know that. Yeah. Uh, but also um, crab... And pangotata. So that's why I'm going. Whoa! Hold the phone. And I thought that's an unusual pairing, but yeah. I'll give it a try. Would Nicky Remar ever do that? No, no, no. Bucatini with crab. I mean, really? In an arabiata sauce? Oh my god! And, uh, and how much? Uh, well, it's sort of, it, it was a main size, yeah. but the the shape in the plate was about the same size as like if you ball up a fist. Okay. So you wouldn't call it generous. You no. wouldn't call it stingy. But well, not- my dad always said. Actually, it was my mom. Never <laughs> remember what she said. Yes. What she said? Never eat anything bigger than your head. Well, no chance of that then. Was I didn't there? have the opportunity in this instance, but no. it was just—I just—you couldn't taste the crab. The 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 sauce was just—I mean, it was it was it was good without being great. Yeah. And because you're in Sydney, yeah. that would be fifty nine dollars. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! I, I hasten to add, I wasn't paying. I was I was very lucky to be dining at someone else's expense on someone else's coin. Yeah, yeah goodness. Highly me. recommend if you have yeah. the opportunity. Uh, very quickly, it is twelve oh eight. Yes. Uh, oh, we've got to get to Richard, and he's yeah. probably listening to the radio, going, "It's my time. You're in my time now." <laughs> Sorry, Richard, we're going to get to you, but I just wanted to mention Joseph Abud, ah, yes. Matt Abud. Uh, the place is open. Rumi has moved. It's just yes. down the road from here in the East Brunswick village. Yes. Hmm. I mean, you could be cynical about that place and go, yeah, it's just another great big development. But I don't know. There's, there's some good things about that. You know, there's a cinema going in there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the cinema. Roomy's open. Yep. Great space. Charcoal grill. So lots of stuff cooked on charcoal. Yep. Place is pumping. I was there uh, to open the place up, help out and launch the book. The book is out. The place is out. And there's even going to be a bar. So um could be a good place to think of checking out. The bar is called the Rocket Society, Ah. named after the Lebanese space race. Don't laugh. Joseph could be listening. Okay. All right? Don't you laugh. Check it out. New roomie. They fired a rocket. It went into Syria and it sort of ended after that. 
Triple R on FM, digital, online, via the app. And it is a great joy. It is a great delight to bring to the microphones of Three Triple R the corn dog, Richard Cornish. Hello. Ah, uh, good yeah. day, everyone. I've just had the most beautiful breakfast down at the South Melbourne Market oh. at La Central with oh. Alberto. A little bit of Spanish uh, or Barcelona cuisine. Oh, what was it? Come on, talk dirty. <laughs> <too. laughs> That's just really simple. Yeah. Uh, coffee, orange juice, yeah. and, and and sardines on toast, or, you know, oh. or sardines con uh, um, tomate. And yeah. You know that they say that we should eat more protein at breakfast, so you are doing a very, very good thing. Oh, I, I did a good thing. My daughter came with me and she said, Dad, mm. we've got to go back to Spain. I, couldn't, I could not disagree with <laughs> can, can I tell you the other great thing I did this week? I, I hit Hoggets? Hoggets. Yeah, Slam. I was going to bring it up. I was going to bring it. Talk to me. And, and, I, and myself and the lovely Greta Moon from Goulburn Terrace, she's a winemaker. Mm. She, um, she and I, we hooked up with Will, Bill Downey uh, and, and Rachel, Rachel Nabona from Butterfly Factory. And we saw the beautiful vineyard and cheesemaking establishment um, uh, in, in Gippsland. And then we headed out. To, oh, it is a gorgeous property. It is really beautiful and just so fecund. You can feel the life force flowing through the soil and through the mm-hmm. grass, through the vines, yeah. and into the air. There's birds, there's insects. It's just the most amazing season. Wow. And then we went to Hoggett Kitchen in Warrigal, and I cannot recommend that place highly enough. If you've got to spare 120 bucks, not, not many of us did. I saved up for this. Yes. It is a really good six-course degustation of uh, fregola, you know, this, um, made with the uh, house and uh, so We had a little bit of uh, mortadella as a supplement, also made by Trevor Perkins there. And we had the most beautiful piece of... Um, of uh, of lamb there it was just they did those whole, whole carcass butchery in house with his team there uh-huh. and every single bit of the lamb is used and we had that with some of um, Bill Downey's Pinot Noir it's just it was just a gorgeous day did, did just, you say to yourself life is good today life is good life is good. <laughs> And, good, good and friends, good wine. Life cut doesn't get much better than this. And uh, <laughs> and people, and if you want to see that, uh, I was just having a look at that meal mm, probably about uh, a couple of hours ago, and going, ah, that sounded like a re- that looked like a really good thing. Uh, what's your Instagram, just so people can ha- go and have a little squiz? Thanks, Cam. Yeah, if people want to see what I get up to, uh, well, the stuff I do publicly anyway. It's yes, on, at, yes. at Food Cornish, simple. At yeah. Food Cornish. Was that Matt I heard giggling in the background? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, he knows me too well. I he know. knows the stuff we get up to. I know. We've, that's the, the special site that we, we can't, the black site, shall we say. Richard. The black side of the corn dog. Yeah, the black side of the corn dog. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the bright side of the moon, um, and also an interesting thing. You're talking about Fregola. Uh, we were talking about uh, the slow food awards that you were going to talk about, and one place I know that uh, is on a very steep slope uh, grows Fregola, unless I'm very much mistaken, but also makes great oil. Great oil. You're talking about Montalto. Uh, so no, I was I talking saw- about Rose Creek. Uh, Rose Cross, exactly. Well, Montalto, they grow their own oil and um, and, uh, and they're on a slope as well. You know, talking about Rose Creek Estate, they're on East Keylor. <laughs> yes. And they're on the banks of the creek there. And that is Tony and Lena Siciliano. They're yes. from Calabria. Mm. They've got Vella Poddy, I think, in, in Calabria. And they and they're on about three hectares there of really, really interesting, steep, steep terrain, volcanic earth. The front of their place could be, you know, could, could double for a neighbour's exterior. <laughs> Dead suburban, late 70s, mid, early 80s. And the, behind the door, there's the, uh, there's the terrace, terrace garden. Yes. And olives, uh, poultry. Uh, there are, uh, you know, a, a locust tree. Every sort of tree you'd Everything. imagine. Like a, every sort of tree you'd imagine growing in a Calabrian peasant garden is there. And Tony and, and Lena and their children have done this most amazing place that you can visit sometimes of the year. Rose Creek Estate, they also make this. Some makes beautiful wine, like really good wine. Everything's small scale. Everything is, is peasant. Yep. Everything is just beautiful. They do have stalls at the farmer's markets. And, they, and their hard work was recognized by Slow Food Melbourne in a thing called the Snail of Excellence. Ah, and Slow Food is right. that is that uh, that organization set up in the late 80s 
that is uh, in, in, in Italy, uh, in Rome, uh, by Carlo Petrini. He saw, Carlo the golden, Petrini. saw the golden arches above the Spanish steps in Rome. That's said, right. This is culinary imperialism at its worst. It's we, may have, we, may have given, we may have given it, we may, may, may have given America pasta and pizza. And what do they give us in return? McDonald's. No, <laughs> this is it. We're going to put a stop to him. this. Yeah. In the, yeah. And yeah. so they set up, I think, opposite of fast food, slow food. Their basic tenets are uh, good, fair, and I've forgotten the other one at this time in the morning. Someone will probably bring in with Sustainable, that. maybe. Equal, good, fair, and equal. Equal, equal. Yeah, good, fair, and equal. And it's, and so, and they've spread that movement uh, in in a sort of in another form of, of uh, colonialism around the world, but in a good way. They're supporting the. The, the, where that food should be good, it should be shared, it should be delicious, but also do no harm to the planet. Sounds it good. Should, yeah, it, 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 and but and it should be give you nutrition, but also it needs to be enjoyed together. Uh, very, very similarly aligned to uh, the uh, values of Stephanie Alexander's kitchen garden movement. Ooh, yeah. So, so yeah, so yeah. so the awards were celebrating people, uh, Cam, uh, who actually live that way of life on an everyday basis uh, through their businesses. So it's a little bit like John Wayne. Do a bit like John Wayne? Yeah, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you you can talk the talk, but you gotta walk the walk, and the walk the walk yeah. is to do things in that way. Um, who else are some of these noble recipients in the couple of minutes that we've got left? Uh, Cam, the most glorious thing was to see Julie Bennett, the head gardener at Montalto. Oh, bravo, Mont- bravo! Clapping, yeah, clapping Julie's, on, yes. yeah, Julie's an amazing person. Yes, she cares for the soil, she cares for the plants, and she nurtures them all the way to uh, to when they're mature and ready to eat. And can I add something to that? The other thing that is really great with this and slow food recognising it, that she very much has a long-term view of the property, the way things go, and the rotation and the fallow and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so old-fashioned techniques. The fallow, resting the soil, sorry. Resting the soil, yeah, yeah. But she works hand-in-hand with with the creative consultant there, a young gentleman called Matthew Wilkinson. Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. decent sort of a chap, um, uh, and perhaps uh, perhaps you follow his um, his uh, Instagram, Mr. Mr. Wilkinson's. Yes. Uh, but for his for his public stuff, never follow his private stuff. Oh, no, that don't. Is, that, that's dubious, like most. Yes. So, I mean, so Matt Wilkinson also picked up a award because he works together with Julie to do that menu. When you go to Montalto for lunch, I love going there. Take my mum there. She recognises the food. It's good, wholesome, honest cooking. Mm. But done using some modern technique as well. And the first dish you get, Ken, when you walk, when you come in, you sit down, is just a plate of crudite, raw vegetables from the garden at mm. their best. You can It's just. It is. It is our Blue Hill. It is um, Blue Hills in New York. It is our. Yeah. It is our. Um, uh, I'm just thinking of the place. In Alice, Waters. Alice, Alice Waters. Alice Waters. Shea Panisse. Yeah. It's our Shea Panisse, baby. Yeah, and it's I cannot, and so they'll recognise for those values that they live and breathe them and serve them up on a daily basis. So that's Julie Bennett and Matt Wilkinson picked up an award, and also someone who lives that as well, uh, Rosa Mitchell, of course, uh, from Rosa's Kitchen yeah. in the city. Yeah, because she, she uh, gorgeous, gorgeous woman. I go there for pasta and a cuddle. Because um, mm. I've mm. known her for years. Yeah, she she is just the embodiment of hospitality. And in a way, uh, Richard, you could actually say that there are cuddles in her pasta. You know, when you you have great food and it is like a hug. Yeah, she cooks with love. She she and does it. And not you want to get a cuddle from James Neely. He's a big bear of a man who owns a scat, and he's mm-hmm. got the thing called the meat room in East, East Kilmore. And he has just, oh, by the way, uh, he does fermented goods. He does salami, salumi, mm-hmm. bacons and hams. But he's also just opened a door to his kitchen and you can go and eat there on the weekends. It's worth the trip out there. But he has pioneered, re-pioneered small-scale artisan fermented small goods in Victoria, fighting uh, the draconian the draconian laws have been put in place by PrimeSafe. Oh, that's and, uh, her and Tammy Jonas, huh? Have been been doing that, but that could be a chat for another day. Yeah, uh, so looking for the, uh, the it's called style of approval. Uh, www.slowfood.com. It's on there. We can yeah, we can look it up, Richard. Um, we would love to have you in the studio at some time. Promise you'll come and see us in February. I'm about to go and serve a terrine at a Christmas luncheon with Philippa Grogan, and that's why I'm not in the studio. Good. Well, you say a big hello to Philippa Grogan and uh, big hugs to you. Uh, big hugs to you. Merry Christmas to you and Matt and all, and all the listeners. Love you. Love your work, and we shall speak soon. See you, mate. Bye-bye.
This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up the Triple R website to find out how. All right, I'm firing away, John. We're here. We're at the market. There's a different sound from the, the last time that we spoke. Yeah, you were complaining, no sparrows, but it was lovely <laughs> to do something in a different environment, it's isn't it? It's certainly, um, uh, well, not freaked out, but uh, it's certainly got people's attention for the very first market report at John's home. It only took about 25 years. Uh, if you want to listen <laughs> back to it, I think it was Sunday 28th of November. That was uh, the, the one that we did. Thank you for your hospitality. You're most Thank welcome. you for the spread that Franca put on. It was great to see you. But now, the here and now, we're at the market. It's kind of a more gentle day than it was. It uh, is. Oh, this is Canada. gorgeous, gorgeous. So I've just been saying to people um, today, it's beautiful. It's not cold. It's not hot. The yeah. other day we got so hot. It was windy. It was blustery. It was drank nice. No, we drank so much water that it. It didn't really help anyway. Yeah. You know which one? what was a really amazing barometer of the day? I had a friend of mine who's a customer of yours. His name's Steve. Um, our blonde hair, the glasses, that guy, yeah. He was coming. You could tell it was really hot because you look at the donut van, no one was buying donuts. On yeah, and, and it's really strange. That is a good barometer. Yeah. And also a lot of crazies were out, but not being too rude, but no. what do you do? <laughs> Not being too rude. All right. Anyway, we're here at the market. It's cooler. It's uh, it's certainly summer now. Although maybe we wouldn't feel today. I'm I'm quite happy. He's th- looking at me, shaking asparagus at me. Two perfect spears from Kui Rup, I'd say. Yes, it is summer, but this is a gift from God. Gift from God. Normally, first of November, mm. asparagus uh, oh, are wow. a, a good memory and the cherries have started yep but we're nearly christmas and we've got these pristine asparagus how good is that oh these are perfect um There's, uh what are these uh, about the length of a rule a little bit shorter than yeah, 30 centimeters 25 centimeters 25 there's very little white on them there's they a little bit of pristine. purple yeah a little bit of purple on the on the stems because it got a bit of heat mm. um but they're still pristine. Good Lord. Yeah. You know, a lot of my customers have been snapping them and eating them raw before they mm. even walk away from the stall. That's how good they are. Yeah, but if you follow John's advice, do not snap. Yeah, but your... snapping Sorry. and eating. I know, I know. It's just, it, right. just, it was just funny that one of the themes of Market Report over the years is you don't snap the asparagus here. Otherwise, you're wasting them. That's right. It does yeah. work. How much? How much? How much? They're 15 a kilo. People yeah. balk at the price, but these are export. These would have gone to Japan. Yeah, and you say, hey, what time is it? That's right. It's exactly. December. And also, we've been very, very lucky, considering it's been raining all over the eastern uh, seaboard. Yeah. We've got these beautiful peas. Um, they're nice and plump. Yeah. I don't eat them raw. You I, might. I could hear they're, that. They're little balls of sugar. Yeah, I'll have one raw. Um, I need some breakfast. Again, a lot of people are eating them raw. And then, you know, what the hell? Oh, wow. Well, that, that, yeah. That's, that's really sweet. Real sugar, real tender, mm. not mealy at all. Gee, that's good. Um, you know, you go and steam steam them with a little bit of white salad onion, a fresh onion and olive oil. Yep. Yum. Sounds good. A little bit of pepper to finish off. Life's good. And, and um, I want to talk about something that I hadn't eaten for a long, long time on its own. It's a beautiful uh, zucchini. Um, it's the width of my hand, so that's about 10, 10 centimetres. Mm. Uh, not too thick. The smaller, the better. Yeah. Now, normally, we either chop them up, chuck them in a soup or a, a casserole or make a, a frittata with them. I've got to say, that's probably about the limit of the size that I would yes, buy. Yes, Anything yeah. bigger, yeah. it's not a zucchini anymore. That's right. It's a marrow. That's right. <laughs> now, the other night, Franco chopped it up and steamed it with a little bit of tomato. And um, onion and I was eating, and I, I couldn't believe how sweet they were. Yeah. Because some, some varieties of zucchini can be so strong and bitter too. Mm. So, you know, if you do them on their own, then you just can't eat them. Uh, they were uh, very, very nice. So don't forget about them. I'm, actually, I've got to say, um, I've got a, uh, an idea that was first taught to me by a guy called Gary Sweetman, who's one of my chef mentors. And what he would do is he would almost do like a smaller zucchini than this uh, do like a dice small bits yes lightly salted right you salt them so yeah. a little bit of the water comes, comes out. out yes yeah, do that dry them off seasoned flour you do them in 
<laughs> you, get, you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, I do. <laughs> shallow fry. Shallow fry. I'm getting all excited. Shallow fry. <laughs> so they sort of go crispy on the outside, but they're zucchini flavour inside. The most amazing little garnish for a pasta. Yeah, yeah, it does. It looks good too, oh. not just tastes good. So, yeah. okay, and that's what it's all about. We agree on that one. Eggplant. Um, now, th- unfortunately, this is not field grown. It's a hydro eggplant, yeah. but it's got a little bit of give. Yeah, uh, again, like the field eggplant, if it's rock hard, don't buy it. It's going to be bitter, full you've, of seeds. You've taught me that right. over the years. So, it's got a little bit of give. This is going to be beautiful to eat. Um, uh, even Big Mick at the bread shop, he's been coming up taking six or seven because his kids just love eggplant. They get together once a week. He slices, make it a parmigiana. <gasps> oh, yeah, to die for. Eggplant parmigiana, uh, my and, God. And he, and he was coming back from holiday, so they, they rang him and spoke to him the day before he left. And uh, what, what do you want me to bring you back? Nothing, just come back and cook us some eggplant. <laughs> I was laughing at that. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. We miss your dad, we yeah. actually miss your food. Yeah. And also another thing uh, we don't talk about a lot. No. This is a Sebago potato. It's dirty. Yeah. Um, it's not too big. We've Only had... way to buy a potato. Yes. I mean, you do not buy a washed, clean potato. Forget about it. I don't like the washed ones because no. they're washed in more chemicals. Yeah. They go green quicker. They go off quicker. They go off quicker. And how bad do they smell when they go off? Oh, oh. mate, there's only one thing worse, and that oh. comes from out of a baby. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, we'll leave that one. Okay. Um, but we had these steamed with a little bit of olive oil on them, and they were gorgeous as well. So, steamed with a bit of olive oil? Yeah, yeah. That's, Salt, bit of pepper, yeah, that's better. Yeah. Cubed, steamed. Yeah. That was my pick. Really? What's your pick? Sheesh. Um, I, uh, well, okay, that's a... That, I'll put I'm you on good. a spot. You Come sure on. did. All right, well, I'm looking across there. I'm seeing some enormous, beautiful-looking capsicums. Um, I would say one of my picks would be green capsicum because we don't often get the green capsicum cooked with it. It gives a really, really unique flavour and aroma to food. And if you're going to do any Cajun food, well... You've got to have the trinity of the celery, the onion, and the green capsicum. So that's one thing that I look across at. Um, I love... Oh, it's a bit expensive. The Kong. Uh, Kong. 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 Yeah. But, uh, water spinach. Water spinach. One of the most nutritious things you can have and one of the most beautiful mouthfeels of but any it, vegetable. Isn't it amazing? It just looks like a, a, a plain feral weed. Yet it's so nice. Well, this is what we used to talk about you Italians back in the day going, oh, yeah, those bloody Italians, they eat weeds. And it's like, yeah, we eat the weeds because they taste amazing. They're really, really good for us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my mum had a a cousin, he was a lay monk. (laughs) What? A lay monk. What does that mean? It means that he hadn't gone all the way. He had a cassock and, you know, the the full dress. Wow. He came to Australia for holiday, so we went out into the day. Nongs, yeah. And he did what I did when I went to Sicily. He said, stop the car, stop the car. <laughs> what are you on about, mate? He said, oh, I've got my pocket knife. I want to go collect some, um, oh, what are they weeds. called? Some weeds, anyway. <laughs> so what, he's going to pay or something? Yeah, no, it, it's, um, this one's a prickly one. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. we stopped and he dug all this stuff up and he took it home and cooked it up and yeah. cooked up some bolotti beans as well, Whoa. mate. The aroma and the flavour, and it's very good for you because a lot of these weeds have got iron, a lot of iron in them. It's good for your blood. Yeah. It's good for iron. And, and actually in Greece there's an island that that's all they do. They go pick all the feral weeds, oh, yeah. take them to market. Cephalonica. And, and they maybe, and they all live a long, long time. And they live happily ever after, so they there do. you go. Don't, all right, so I've stopped you. What else? Don't diss the weeds. Um, okay, let's have a look. Carrots look all right. Yeah. I saw some, some really nice parsley before and talk about blood purifying, the great thing. Okra has gone up to 12 I think it was 10 bucks we saw the other day. That's yeah, not that, bad. That's, that's a good price for yeah. good stuff. Uh, cherries um, are around. Yeah, we got beautiful cherries at $25 a kilo. Saw those. You can buy cheaper. You can buy 5 bucks, take them home, stew them for the ice cream. That's one thing you can do, but for the table, as we've said over the years, over the years, buy the most expensive you can afford because... Definitely. Yeah. Look at the size, look at the colour. If they suit you and the price is reasonable, buy them. Yeah. Even if you just have a handful better than buying a kilo of bad ones. Yeah, it's, and it's also that um, the fruit-meat-to-seed ratio that, um, that you get. Uh, we're still eating mangoes. They're still coming down. Yeah, the mangoes, uh, good KPs, just starting $7 again. Yeah. But they will come down next to nothing. 
Yeah. Just wait a bit. Like, you know what they say, like the weather, wait a bit. All right. Um, we've got about a couple of minutes. Can you tell us what's the story with uh, opening for Christmas? Uh, basically, it's a normal week. We'll be trading uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm. Um, and Sunday, and I've just said to a customer, just as you were here, um, come Friday or Saturday early. Yep. What happens after midday, Saturday, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> whatever's left on the bench will sell yeah. after that and Sunday. Yeah. And then um, a lot of us are closing down Christmas Eve for at least a week. I'm going to take two, maybe three. I haven't decided yet. Um yeah, my my uh, my body and my brains are telling me I need a break. I'm looking across for Joe, see if he's uh, happy about that. Oh, he's busy. He's having yeah, a little biscotti and coffee. Don't yeah, talk yeah. to me. Hard Don't life. Talk to me. I'm, yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> um, when should we buy our prawns? Uh, well, I, I buy the frozen ones, so yeah. I've already bought my. I bought mine yesterday. They're in the. They're good. Freeze. Good Australian um, D shell prawns. If you're going to buy fresh, speak to your fishmonger. He'll tell you when. Yeah. He'll tell you how many he's going to be able to get because um, apparently fish has been a little bit short. Mm-hmm. Good fish anyway. Yep. So although the uh, windows were always full every day, I've been out this week. Yep. So get out there, speak to your fishmonger, see what he says. Yeah. And then come in and do your shopping. If you have to do two trips like a lot of people do, they order their turkeys and come and get it Christmas Eve. And sense. they've done their shopping Thursday, Friday for the veggies and that. Yeah. Because they know they can take them home, put them in the fridge. Keep them nice and cool. Keep them nice and cool. Yeah. Keep them for a week or two if they have to. Makes sense. And we'll have an abundance of tomatoes, so don't worry. Buy up. Come on. Last year, I ate my last tomato on my last day coming back, so they keep. <laughs> yes, and uh, also we could tell by the fact that when I did get invited to your house, and I thank you for that again, there are a lot of tomatoes on the kitchen benches, folks. John, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. I know that the listeners get so much listening to uh, Market Report over the weeks. Just want to thank you so much on behalf of myself and the listeners and Matt, of course. Um, you're a bloody beauty. It's it's always a pleasure to talk food with you. Thank you so much. And, you know, we do it because we love our food. We love people. We love talking to people. Yeah. It's a pleasure. John, Merry Christmas. Love your work. Love your produce. Also to Joe Jamal, who are working there. Thanks, mate. Here we go. You're welcome. Shaking hands. I wish everyone a Merry Christmas, and we'll speak to you... Uh, February. A la prossima. A prossima. Qu'est-ce que, what the next it? time. Oh, the next time. Prossima is good. All right. Back to the studio. All the best. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. And now we have a special treat for you. Have you ever sort of had the fantasy of wandering the streets of Bangkok with all those seductive smells and the humidity around you and the promise of spicy, hot food, but you wonder to yourself... I wish there was someone who knew more about this food than I do who could sort of take my hand and guide me through. Well, your prayers have been answered because we have that fabulously named person who sounds like he should be a secret agent. His name is Zinon Mishko. He's in Bangkok and he's here for you to talk about street food in Bangkok. Zenon there are so many people here in this town that miss you so much. Well, I'd just like to say on behalf of them, we miss you and a big g'day. Oh, hi, Cam. Um, I miss everybody too and think about you and Melbourne all the time. And, um, and it's just great to be here from a, um, from a chilly Bangkok. Uh, we're in the middle of winter, so it's, uh, it's a chilly 28 degrees at about 8.30 in the morning here. Oh, you poor thing. Have so, you got an extra uh, blanket on the bed? Well, I'm definitely not going for a swim because I'll get goosebumps. So oh. I can't believe I've become that guy. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's getting a little bit cold sometimes in winter here. So, um, no, no. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm just brilliant brilliant to be here and uh, and very excited to chat through uh, Bangkok Adventures uh, it, and what's it happening. It is. And just a, a little bit, very, very quick background um, for those that uh, yes. haven't met Zenon before. Zenon was the creative director of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival for many years and... Uh, you followed your wife, Kitty, who uh, was, shall we say, seconded to Bangkok uh, in a teaching job. And how did this whole thing come about where you said, I'm going to look into street food deeply? 
Well, thank you, Cam. Just a quick correction. Um, I was industry engagement manager. Oh, industry. Director. I, don't, I don't want to steal their thunder. No, oh, you won't. Well, but, you, uh, thank you, Ernest. So, it felt so, like that um, to me. Oh, well, thank you. Okay, That's been anyway. quite the build-up from you already so far. Anyway, okay, um, how did it all happen? So, very um, always wanted to live in, in Asia or Bangkok. It's always a bit of a dream. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then my wife had an opportunity as a special needs therapist. Uh, her friend was working here in Bangkok to say, hey, I need you. I want you to come over to Bangkok. Lucky. And so the opportunity was there to say, hey, at the tail end of COVID, mm. with a six-month-year-old, let's, uh, let's, let's do it. This is, you know, we've only got one life. Let's go over and do it. And so, I, you know, mm. I live and breathe uh, food. I love the streets in general. Um, I had a wonderful job in Melbourne. I was so proud to be doing what I was doing um, and a wonderful community and network, but we, uh, we, we just went for it and we, 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 um, we bit the bullet and we moved at the end of COVID to Bangkok. Um, I was full-time father with a beautiful six-month-year-old uh, and... And now um, there's another and, yeah, one. And we, we made it happen. And now there's another one. We've got yep. a four-month-year-old, beautiful little Artem, uh, and so it's all going beautifully. And um, but so I came here with, you know, I came here for for um, an adventure, but also always, always travel and and, and sort of move around um, uh, for food as well. Yep. So now, um, so for, for yes, yeah, so let, I've been here a few years. Long story short. Yes. Yes, you go. I, w- I just wanted to say let's let's talk about when you arrived in Bangkok, and I'm just wondering about your initial impressions of the city, and if any preconceptions were dispelled. I mean, what what did you learn, and and what did you see when you first hit the ground? Well, I mean, look, after about a week in, there were some tears, and like, what have we done? Mm-hmm. But but you know, it's good it's good to challenge yourself in life, and that's how you grow, as we know. And so you know, it was a bit of time, you know, start to, you start to learn how to live here. But initially, it was still a funny place here with COVID and all that happening. Some places weren't open. There were different, um, there were different sort of uh, operational hours and all that happening. But yeah. we had a good little network around us. And, um, and you know, like you can't just be, I mean, Bangkok in terms of how intoxicating it is in terms of, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's just, yeah. So uh, initially, I mean, I've been travelling here for decades anyway, so 20 or 30 years. So I sort of knew what to expect, but it's very different living somewhere as opposed to just travelling somewhere. Just so it takes a while through. to build up that network and, mm. and to, yeah, exactly, to learn how to, hey, there aren't parks in every corner like Australia and green spaces. So you learn how to be creative with your playing and going to maybe a car park and playing or going to a lovely indoor playground or, or indoor mega mall shopping centre with air conditioning. Um, there's, there's a bit of pollution, the streets are busy, there's traffic, but at the end of the day, it's exhilarating and after about a year and a half or two years, it just clicked to us. We just said, we bloody love it here. There's just so much happening. The people smile, people are happy, yeah. people are generous, the food is incredible, all of that. And then um, and you learn how to live here and, uh, and then you're jumping on the back of a motorbike or you're, you know, travelling down south to one of the islands and you're, uh, you're learning about local culture and Buddhism um, and, uh, and you're eating, at the end of the day, amazing food. So it took a while, but we're, we feel like we're at home and we're loving it. Well, you're certainly imbuing yourself in, in the culture. Now, there seems to be sort of two parts of Bangkok. There's there's one that's indoors and air-conditioned and controlled, mm. and then there's mm. the mm. wild outdoors where uh, the food smells come drifting all over the place. And, yeah, how do those sort of things differ and which ones do you, have you sort of found that you prefer? Well, I've always been a street person, so I live yeah, and breathe the streets. It's yeah. one thing I one thing I do very well. So you know, you might even find me on an afternoon. I'll be sitting at a little um, a little general store, uh, mixed business run by a very old sort of uh, uh, Thai Chinese family, just having a couple of quiet beers and just watching the streets and seeing how how Bangkok how, how it moves and how how it works. Um, so yeah, so I love the street life. I mean, just when you're hearing Som Tumbi made in the background you've got your you know there are grills everywhere smoke in the air mm. you're seeing traders that uh, are, you know aren't there at six in the morning they're there at night but they're all at all different hours so Bangkok is very much a 24-hour city so I just love the street and it's a great way to you know it's masterful you're watching people cut up durian and jackfruit in the street with a really like a blunt little blade and they're doing it's just masterful work and it's happening everywhere on every corner and you're getting brilliant food everywhere so that's the street side which I love mm. And, yes, it's pungent, it's dirty at times. You may see the big rat with a long tail. That's mm. part of it. So it, it keeps you on your toes. But yes. the other side is the modern, modernising Bangkok, which grows a centimetre every night. Um, mega malls <laughs> are just opening up all the time. Yes. Um, and, you know, and like we thought we, thought we wouldn't be shopping centre people, but you have to adapt and you become shopping centre people for various reasons, for the climate, um, the heat, 
the comfort of the air conditioning, but they've also they've got great food courts yeah. where you can get all your street food classics in the in the food court. And and then if you want your luxury goods, you can go there. They've got great supermarkets, um, and you know all the trendy desserts and coffee and all that's happening as well. So. There's just pros and cons to everything, and you just learn how to live here and um, and embrace it all. So yeah, have, have you noticed that there's a difference between the way that the Thais do Bangkok food and maybe uh, the offerings that we have here in Melbourne? Um, I do, and look, I haven't been back to Melbourne for a few years, and I know it's all about Burke Street and Burke Street and the Burke Street end, and that's so brilliant. There's a little Thai Thai village and community being built there. Yep. Um, it just depends. I mean. There are some. Um, what I find it is just it's the freshness, it's the freshness and simplicity of cooking and ingredients here, where you can have a, a you know whether it's a pad krapao or you know even just a tom yum gung on the street, and it's just it's just done in it's just done in one minute, uh, two minutes. It's just cooked up. It's fresh um, and and uh, it's spicy. It's pungent, uh, but also and look, I don't want to bring price into it, but you know the, the, the living pressures and costs are very different here. So mm. you're, you're buying dishes for a dollar fifty, two dollars. Ingredients like coriander. Good. I do a lot of local um, ingredient shopping uh, at our local market. Yeah. So we do cooking at home. How much is a bunch and, of um, coriander, coriander over there? For 50, I might get coriander for 30, 40 cents. I might oh. get uh, oh. I might get limes oh. for t- for 20 cents. Oh. I might get whole bags of garlic for whatever it is, you know, mm. um, for, for, for 50 cents. So, um, yeah, so there are definitely differences. But for me, it's, it really is, while it may for some people going, uh, might have a bit of um, apprehension about walking on the street or going somewhere that might look a little bit dirtier, at the end of the day, it is hyper fresh. It is super fresh. And the turnover is, you know, the turnover is quick. And it's just, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the key differences for me. Uh, and, yeah. Well, listen, not, to say, wanting... though, not to say, though, in Australia, though, the quality of ingredients are superb and often, you know, finding that, you know, I do miss the quality of ingredients that we have in Australia. So that's definitely, uh, yeah, a difference as well. And what about your yeah. chilli game? Have you, have you upped your chilli uh, intake since you've been there? Um, I, well, look, or I... Or your I, tolerance, has it gone up? Um, yeah, I mean, a, a, a little bit, but it's funny. It's actually reversed a little bit because we're eating so much. I don't need to have it on. I didn't need to have it all the time. I put myself through the inevitable following morning on the toilet, knowing what's going to happen when I've got the, the shivers and the sweats yes. and whatever. And, like, you know, I've Stomach done that hundreds cramps. of times. Like I'm sure we all have. Yes. But And I love chilli. I think chilli is so much more than spice. Chilli adds flavour. Yes. And, so and I, aroma, I love chilli. But... And aroma, no, and aroma, aromatically beautiful, exactly. Mm. And we always have uh, fresh green, red chilies in our house. But um, have I upped it? Um, yes and no. I've got, a, I think, a high tolerance. I like to, you know, I like to eat chili and like it hot. But um, I've tried to sort of now say there's more to the, more to life than chili, and actually trying to push the boundary with chili is what I'm trying to say. So yes. And you've been uh, the the thing is that uh, you've really been pushing the boundary on exploring. Your city, this this adopted city of yours, and discovering the great places, the great street food that you've done, and you've compiled a guide. So we better talk about that, huh? Yeah, let's have a quick chat. Thank you. Um, I'm, um, I have, I've, um, I've sort of moved to Bangkok. I'm now in my forties, and I'm feeling more me than I ever have, and comfortable being Xenon. And I, um, I'm really proud that I've, um, I've sort of followed what I've always wanted to do since I've been in my teens. I mean, I loved, I love to, I love to explore, um, discover food, and um, and with a lot of work that's been put in and a lot of mentors I've had in my life, my writing is getting a lot better. And I, um, I want to be, I want to tell stories about food and people and places, and I'm doing that in Bangkok. So I put together a, a food guide for an online publication. Um, it's just been published a little while ago for uh, Roadbook, which is a online travel platform for, I suppose, a new kind of traveller. Um, and uh, it's based in 11 cities, including Bangkok, Mexico City, Mumbai, but in Bangkok, and they really work with local insiders. Yep. Um, it's a very stylish publication. So, yeah, so I'm very happy. I'm very lucky. I just, you know, I met I met one of the co-founders by chance at a local cafe. Oh, really? We started chatting, spoke about my background. You're spoke kidding. about my background, and then it went, it went from there. So, that's yeah, it's funny of, how the universe works. But That's incredible serendipity, isn't it? And even this, he's a... Co-founder, his co-founder, he's a Melbourneian, been here for about twenty years, and he is a long-time Triple R faithful. Wow. He very much, um, yes. Well, he sounds so, like a good um, human yes, already. World. Yes, but back to the guide quickly. Please, no, uh, no, we got lots of time. We got we got about nine minutes oh. left, or eight minutes anyway. Oh. Wax on okay. eloquently well. and t- tell us about it. Tell us about what was the first place that you uh, you thought was worthy, and maybe we'll we'll branch out from there. 
Well, it's a very complex question because how do you condense, you know, a guy like a Bangkok guy to say, let's say 15 which, restaurants? Which I Not thought, easy. Let's, let's start with the very first one that you thought was good. Well, there's a um, there's a well, there's a place called Nong Rim Klong, which is around the corner. It specialises in seafood, yeah. Um, and they do a dish for me that is one of my favourite dishes anywhere in the world. And I, I think I mentioned it, but it's a, a dish that you, you can dream about that I dream about after having it. And it is a, a it's basically soft crab cooked with um, uh, with uh, eggs, basically scrambled eggs mm-hmm. with boiled cabbage, um, but a massive serving. So Great for two, three, four people. Uh, it is heavenly. The chunks of crab are, are huge. Uh, it's in a little shop house tucked away in, in Ekamai uh, in a little back street. Uh, and the the dish is just um, – it comes with a chilli sauce, chilli and garlic sauce, their signature sauce, which is just beautiful, and you can have it with rice if you want, but you just don't need to. So it's basically a brunch dish. You can you can turn up there at 10 or 11, and, like, it's just it's just brunch, and it's packed with locals. The delivery – motorbike delivery here is huge – with um with our food and so the the you know the deliveries uh, the lineup of deliveries is huge at this restaurant anyway it's a great restaurant it's very sort of it's low frills it doesn't have the huge hype that other restaurants have around town but yep. it's serving spectacular food and incredible garlic fried prawns massive prawns jumbo prawns that you bite into them and you almost I'm not going to say you lose a tooth but you know they are just big and oh they're just amazing squeaky so yeah so just really good food so yes yes so and you know. And you can do a cheeky BYO there, as you can pretty much anywhere in Bangkok, if you want to bring some lovely Riesling or whatever, or Chardonnay, uh, and then um, and, they, and they serve beer. But so it's a bit of a go-to for mine, and, and when people come over, I like to take them there as well. So, yeah. Yeah, there's mm. been some some lucky people that have been the recipient of your your hospitality and your insider and knowledge and, and all that sort of stuff. Now, uh, I know that people will be shouting at me going, Cam, for God's sake, ask him the question, how do we get onto this guide? How... How do we find this thing? And stop um, screaming well, at me, you, you people. To, you, you, <laughs> can, you can go to road, roadbook.com or at roadbook on Instagram. Um, yes. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know, but I've been taking a lot of photos here for, uh, you know, two and a half years. They look uh, good. I'm proud of them. They're, yes. very, they're very street level. I'm going to a lot of, uh, I don't say remote communities, but very, you know, um, smaller communities, including some of the, um, including some of the slums of Bangkok and, and and just and just trying to see how people live respectfully, but also it's just taking a lot of photos of what I, I, I see in Bangkok as well that isn't all in this glitz in the glitzy shopping malls or the main areas we think about when we come to Bangkok. So so that's my my handle is at roaming Bangkok. It's just a bit of fun. I really enjoy doing it. But um, the guide is also available through there. But, um, but yeah, I just I just love the streets of Bangkok and I love what you see. I mean, we've got we've got our main road around the corner here. We've got a we've got a giant rooster that just walks up and down. And we're we're in a sort of you know we're basically in central Bangkok. What's his just, name? Well, it struts up and down the main road. Have you named uh, well, him? Actually, <laughs> you should give him a name. I haven't. Um, I actually have. I haven't had a beer with him yet. But I will. Um, <laughs> next time I do, I'm going to find out. Okay. Yeah, mate. But, um, yeah, what do they call you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I mean the things you see, you know the the. the Cliched five, six, uh, five, six or seven people on a motorbike, a family. You know, you, you mm. say, okay, there's three. Oh, no, there's a fourth. Yeah. Oh, no, the, the child gets even smaller, like a, like a babushka doll. And you go, oh, even a smaller one. And it's like six on, a, six on the back of a bike. But the most, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you now, the, probably the, the most uh, horrifying yet funny, funniest things I've seen and I uh, shouldn't be laughing about it was a bus driver. And they, they, they drive like uh, race car drivers here, a bus driver Uh-oh. eating a bowl of noodle soup at full pace <laughs> um, and just eating it. And yeah. I wasn't on the bus. Thank God. But I had, to, I, I, don't know, I had a little chuckle. But the ramifications of not only if, you, if you, um, you're not looking at the road, but also what if you spill that soup and it's hot and you spill it on your In your lap, lap. While you're driving? Yeah. I just don't want to. Screaming exactly. bus driver. So anyway, the ah! thing, and, and yeah, and the other things you don't want Bangkok is modernizing very quickly and it's a good thing in parts but you don't want the old charm of Bangkok to change or personally I don't and that's part of the reason and one of the main reasons I'm here actually I love that charm and so our neighborhood where we live has got that old and new happening it's still a very working class neighborhood which is brilliant but uh, um, but there are cool trendy cafes and things opening little bars which is great but um we love that old charm and that's why we're here and it's great so, to yeah. see that you but, are um, documenting those things before they get changed irrevocably one more time just can you tell us where we find uh, your information roadblock 
So it, you can go to roadbook.com Roadbook. or at roadbook on Instagram. Um, so very, yeah, a w- wonderful um, online publication. Uh, then you can also go to at roaming Bangkok, one word, which is my Instagram um, feed, my handle. So you can go there and check it out. Uh, it's, yeah, look, very proud of it. 15 restaurants. Uh, the key thing was wanted the food to be paramount, the most important thing, quality food, people, and then consistent food. So I don't want to, people to read this and go somewhere and go, oh, this was sort of hit and miss. Uh, and I've been to these restaurants multiple times and I continue to go to them. They're regulars of mine. Um, and also the important thing is you've got all these other great – you've got great food everywhere in every neighbourhood that's worthy of inclusion. But I wanted places that had – have energy, atmosphere, but also uh, also character. Wow. So a lot of these places are whether it's whether it's it's not shop house with character. Mm-hmm. They've been they're multi generational. So they're the type of places I was looking for as well. And um, you found and, and them too. Town. You have. Zedon. No, no, you go. Yeah, we're gonna, we have to you wrap could... this up, Zedon. <laughs> yes. Okay. Gee, that's a quick nine minutes. Jeez, you promised me eight <laughs> or nine minutes. Hey, you actually got about twenty. But uh, Zedon. The main thing is love your work, love what you're doing. We miss you here so much. There's so many people that miss you. Richard Cornish said a big hello. Congratulations on the book. We look forward to speaking with you again. Maybe around February, mid-February, we might touch base with you again and find out some of the, the new discoveries you've made. Give a big hug to Kitty and uh, congratulations on the kids. Beautiful to speak Thank with you. you. You too, Cam. And final thing is, um, please know it's very important you know there is a spare room at our place for you when you come over any time. Oh, gee, that's thanks, mate. That's fantastic. Well, we will speak soon. Thanks, Zenon. Thank you. Thank you, Cam. Miss everybody. Okay. See you in Bangkok. There he is. <laughs> From a man in Bangkok. Um, we have to make mention of, uh, very yes. quickly, Bray. Yes. Oh, my God, what a You great... went to the 10th birthday. What a garden Last party week. it was. Yeah. Uh, amazing time. The most fabulous people. That was probably the thing. You wanted to add something? No. No, that was about it. it. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Um, and thank you, Zenon, for that. Uh, wow. I want to go to Bangkok now. Oh, we all do, don't Books we? flights. Uh, what do we got? Indigenuity yes. is coming up next. Let's let the music just fade us out the next 30 seconds. Matt, we won't see you again no, until next year. No, it's my last year. show. So uh, have an excellent festive period, dear audience, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Wait a second. Go. And I also have to say uh-huh. an acknowledgement. I love doing radio with you, Matt oh, Stedman. Okay. You are the best, um, and thank you for all your contributions during the year. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see you uh, next year, or yeah. you'll be back next week. Gotcha, didn't I? <laughs> Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 